Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, where Canada's top technology leaders discuss ideas, successes, and challenges that are creating a better future. Brought to you by the CIO Association of Canada, in partnership with the Business Leadership Podcast Series. Hey there, welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast. My name is Edwin. And I'm Hamza. Yeah, we're so happy that you joined us today. First off, Hamza, how are you doing? How's your world? I'm doing well. It's uh, we're all we're all figuring out the new world of, uh, of being still being in COVID, which is um, you know which is really unique. So uh, so so it's going all right. It's going all right. Yeah, it's definitely ever changing. I mean, even for me, just recently was changing my daughter from virtual school at kindergarten to in person. So just to share for those parents out there, virtual school for a four-year-old is very difficult. Right. <laughs> but right. I'm glad that we got to experience it. My daughter always sees me on a computer, Hamza. So it's <laughs> like, it was almost normal to her. Like she she was happy to have her own meeting, which was interesting. Right. That's like, <laughs> she, because she sees me on a meeting and I'll be like, you know, Jade, I'm in a call right now and she sees it. And then she had to, she got that on her own. So very interesting. Uh, I might well, have to I, talk I, about that. I think another most, day. Uh, most workplaces have now uh, met, I think, um, every kid and in, in, in every person's uh, family because, you know, most video calls I'm on at some point, uh, you know, somebody's, somebody's son or daughter or family member pops in on those calls. So it adds a bit of levity, I think, into a day packed with, with video conferences. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But that that was it, and it was. I just thought I'd throw that in in terms of the new normal right now, right? So, uh, um, on this episode, I mean, I'm super excited to sit down with my friend of mine, Lloyd Lobo. He's the co-founder of Boast AI, which is doing good work. You know, they yeah. are doing R and D tax credit software, right, and making it easier. Yeah. It's for something that most money. companies do uh, do struggle with in terms of you know getting access to government credits, uh, financial credits for innovation and innovative work. Um, and I, I think it's a, it's a it's a great process that exists in Canada and the US, but a complicated one and one that I know many companies struggle with. So excited to hear about how they've uh, innovated and created a, a process supported by great technology to make that easier and better and, and drive more innovation for companies. Yeah. And I love, love that he's also a co-founder of a very large tech conference that happens um, well, before pre-COVID, it was typically on the West Coast, either in Vancouver or um, in, um, I think in Banff, I think was one of the last ones. And, uh, you know, just doing good work, Canadian tech founder and just growing. And in this episode, Hamza, I don't know what pulled out for you, but I really loved the conversation when we were talking about, you know, the rapid iteration and to really fail fast, you know, and how he's, you know, sharing his success story of growing in Canada and what we're good at and why, you know, he, outside of personal reasons that he's in the States, but, you know, how he could leverage it. Like, like what really stood out for you and what, what were you excited about? Well, I think, I think Lloyd highlights, uh, you know, a lot of the strengths of, of the Canadian innovation uh, economy, um, along with the ability of, of having great talent um, in this country, but also that, you know, apart from all the great stuff that's happening here that, that we do, and it's a big part of the reason why we founded the Innovation Drivers Podcast, is to is to tell those great Canadian stories of entrepreneurship to you know fuel and inspire others and uh, Lloyd no doubt will do that once you listen to the episode. Yeah, with that, let's get to the conversation. Welcome to the Innovation Drivers Podcast, Lloyd. 
Hey, thanks for having me. I'm yeah. super excited. I've known you for a number of years and uh, you know, can't wait to get right into it. Yeah, Hamza and I have been really excited to jump in and talk to you. You know, given your experience as a leader, a tech leader in a growing company, as well as being, um, I guess, a facilitator, an organizer of a huge tech conference, right? That happens yearly as well, obviously, before COVID. And hopefully, I know that's transitioned um, track conference into, into a digital format that's really growing. So really excited to have you. Um, so let's just get started, Lloyd. Um, we really like to ask, what does innovation mean to you? Oh, man, I think like I'm living, breathing innovation every day. And uh, it's something that nobody can escape in, in these times. Innovation, what innovation means to me is changing the way people do things for the better. Right. And, and a lot of people probably miss the for the better. For the better is key because if you just innovate, you can you can build destructive innovation. But if you are changing the way things people do, uh, the way people do things significantly, like a step change, like 10xing the way people do things. So uh, it's better, faster, more streamlined, cheaper, easier access for a greater good, for, for the better um, of, or good of society. I think uh, to me, that's what innovation means. Yeah, no, 100%. It's always changing things that are, for me, things that are there, but how do you make things better? I mean, I, I do come from an engineering background and it's all, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's there's nothing quote unquote new, right? But it's how can we do it better, right? And sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean cheaper, but it just means it means better. I, I guess when you think about innovation and the industry that you're coming through, you know, what have you seen in terms of like, the successes or the changes that you've done within your your industry when it comes to like finance or tax credits and all those type of things. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a in, very interesting industry here, right? So each year over three hundred billion dollars is given by governments globally to fund innovation through R and D tax credit programs. But the process to apply is cumbersome, manual, time consuming. For every dollar you incur in R and D expense. It takes you more than a year. Uh, basically, you have to incur that expense through the end of the year, file it with your taxes and get it. And it's a long, laborious, time-consuming, cumbersome process with red tape. And what we're saying is we're changing that industry with artificial intelligence so companies can get more money faster without the manual work and, and audit risk here. Because Canada alone gives $3 billion each year. U.S. gives over $10, $12 billion each year to hundreds of thousands of companies. Behind the scenes, what we're doing is we're integrating with the company's tech stack and financial stack so we can identify what work they're doing that meets the government's criteria, tie it to expenses, and then automate the application process. But really, when, when we decouple that, everyone starts a company with a certain mission in mind, right? like a purpose. And our purpose and mission is to help innovative companies become successful. And so around the same time when we started Boast, uh, we started a community with our friends at Launch Academy, which is a nonprofit incubator. We started a community called Traction. And today it's grown into a community of 60,000 professionals. And we bring leaders from some of the fastest growing companies like Google, Shopify, Twilio, etc., who share advice via weekly webinars, monthly dinners, annual conference and whatnot. And, and I think like when you connect people together, and these collisions, the serendipitous collisions happen, new ideas form and they turn into innovation. They are like sparks for innovation, right? Uh, innovation doesn't happen in isolation. 
Hey Lloyd, I want to I want to commend you on 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 the idea and and what you've done with Boast.ai. I think you know uh, coming from different industries and seeing the cumbersome nature um, of of having companies be recognized for the innovative work that they're doing by tax credits and other benefits from governments, both in Canada and the U.S. You're absolutely right. is 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 crazy cumbersome, and uh, you know I, I think there's a lot, probably a lot of unclaimed um, opportunity for for organizations. So I think it's just a fantastic idea. I know that in terms of your organization, you know, you're from, uh, you've spent some time in Toronto and, and uh, most of your growth now, I think is, um, I would imagine is happening in, in the US. Um, what, what challenges, you know, do you think exist here in Canada uh, around helping uh, Canadian companies to grow from home? That's one of our, our big um, opportunities here, I think, as we look and our work across the CIO Association and a lot of the work that the Canadian government is also doing through Minister Baines, um, who was also on our show um, a few episodes back. But what are your thoughts on being a you know successful entrepreneur and building something great, um, but sort of building it in the U.S. versus building it here? What do you think those yeah. dynamics look like? What are your What are your thoughts on that? I can share firsthand, man. I'm Canadian through and through. Uh, <laughs> bulk of our company is in Canada. Um, our we have significant customer base in Canada. Um, so across we have teams across Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, and we are overall thirty plus people in Canada. And I think we double that team in Canada next year. Um, SF, although I live here, we have a s- small team here. Will grow, uh, but I, I, the growth in Canada is going to be significant. And I'm a big believer in growing the company in Canada. Heart roots everything. You know, we may have a U.S. entity, we have a Canadian entity, but it's it's a Canadian company for all intents and purposes. And and we're very very involved in the Canadian ecosystem through like partnerships with Mars, Communitech, Launch Academy, and uh, uh, Lazaridis Institute and whatnot. Right. So I can share firsthand both uh, both uh, both sides of the story. Right. So after engineering, I moved to the U.S. I pretty much chased my wife. She was in medical school and then got into residency at Stanford uh, or fellowship at Stanford, and we we ended up being in Silicon Valley. Being in Silicon Valley was great because it gave me access to a network and knowledge and connections. I was part of a founding team of a startup in, in Silicon Valley that was well-funded by some big-name investors. And one of the hardest things in Silicon Valley is it's very expensive. People don't stick around. And particularly, they don't stick around because they, they're like, hey, if you have not raised another round of funding in two years, what's the opportunity cost of my stock options? If people jump around. And attrition costs a lot, man, because you ramp up somebody mm-hmm. and then they're productive and by the time they leave. So people don't stick right. around. Uh, they they they're they're not as loyal. They're more expensive, and so there were all these challenges in building a team here. So at Boast, we've effectively built like you know most of the team in Canada. And in Canada, what we find is that uh, you know people admire the lifestyle. I was just having this chat uh, with a gentleman named uh, Mark McLeod from Shore, uh, previously founder of Shorepath Capital. He's a guy you should talk to as well on this show. And he was saying like people, uh, there's this whole. Uh, sort of vibe or, or aura that's created in the tech ecosystem that you got to work 80, 100 hours a week and grow like mm-hmm. triple, triple, double, double. And and what that creates is burnout, right? It's not sustainable growth. And what I find is that the environment in Silicon Valley in, this, in the tech ecosystem, right, drives people to burnout sometimes. 
And in Canada, people care about different things. So it's a socialist country, moreover, and people care about things like work-life balance and having a family and sustainable growth. And um, couple in the fact that there's all these government incentives and people care for different things rather than chasing the almighty dollar. And you can build a people-first company, which is what we've done. And we've been very successful as in comparison to what I would have been able to accomplish in uh, in building a company in in San Francisco, so I think I think that doesn't mean that Canada is all fun and roses and uh, and and, rain, uh, and and unicorns here, rainbows and unicorns. There's there's real fundamental challenges in in Canada, and I think one of the biggest things are um, there's not enough talent on the go to market side, right? So there's two pieces to innovation. If innovation dies in the lab. What good is it if it doesn't see the light of the day? The reason why Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley is not because we built the Silicon Valley builds innovative things. It's because they take innovative things to market and get it adopted sooner. So I think Canada needs access to talent that can commercialize innovation. Um, the second thing is like a culture uh, of rapidly iterating, quickly testing and failing fast. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, you know, the commercial viability of these innovations quickly versus, you know, let's just drag this on, let's just drag this on. And also more funding at the earlier stages, right? When you, when you're, when you have product market fit and, and you have an innovation that, you know, will have adopters, there's plenty of funding to go around, but I think more funding for, those ideas, those innovative ideas, so they can rapidly iterate on them and either fail or move on to the next thing. So I think I think there needs to be a slight cultural change towards rapid iteration, failing fast and commercializing. Um, there needs to be more funding at the earlier stages and more talent around the go-to-market side. Hey, well, uh, you know, I, I asked you a really loaded question. That's a re- that's a really great answer and and a really deep answer. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 many of the things you just went through for for Canada. Um, you know, it is funding. It is early stage funding from a venture perspective, um, or it could be funding in, in corporations. You know, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast work in in various companies, and I think also more organizations are are investing. But regardless, I think that early stage funding, the culture you talk about, is so important, um, and some and some risk taking that that needs to happen. And also, I think, you know, we as a country to, to be bold on ideas because we have a lot of great entrepreneurs like yourself um, and we have all the ingredients. I think we just need to do more of it. So a lot of the things we try to spur in these conversations in the Innovation Drivers podcast is, is to do more of uh, what you're talking about. And I think that's great advice for our listeners. Yeah. Well, sorry, go on, Edwin. Yeah, Lloyd, I was just going to ask you a real question because, um, you know, I'm, I'm deep in the ecosystem, the startup ecosystem as well and advising a lot. And what's unique to your oper- to you and Boost AI, and I really want to get your honest opinion on this, is it's that you know that thought that you have to go to the U.S. before you're successful in Canada. Do you think your trajectory would be the same if you just was fully in Canada? I mean, we were like effectively fully in Canada, right? And like I was the only person uh, in, in Silicon Valley. I think. I think you got to play to your strengths. Canada has a lot of strengths. One, um, low, like really hardworking, talented workforce that you know cares about uh, not just the almighty dollar because of the culture there. The second thing is 
there's huge government incentives at the earlier t- stages, like things like a scientific research and experimental development, things like IRAP. Now there's FedDev. There's a lot of these programs that can be leveraged. And I think you should play to those strengths because cost um, and uh, and government funding and access to, uh, to universities to hire students and, and talent, right? I think you, you pick and choose what you want. If I had to build every company over and over again, I'd build it in Canada first and then leverage my network to access the gaps, to fill the gaps, right? So I think Silicon Valley helped fill the gaps, which is like, hey, how do you build a network? How do you learn to sell better? How do you learn to, learn to do marketing better? Because this is the reality of the situation. There's mm-hmm. a lot more companies in Silicon Valley that have gone from zero to IPO and have scaled with go-to-market strategies that are, um, it's not as prevalent. If like 10 people, you know, there's tens of thousands of people at like Facebook at Google and all of these people places where you can tap into talent, like companies that have recently IPO'd like Twilio, like Slack and whatnot. Just that volume of people is not there in Canada to go around. So leverage Canada to build your team and leverage the government programs and the support and get the knowledge you want. I mean, we're living in a distributed world right now. So you can hop on webinars. I mean, we ourselves are doing two webinars a week, bringing all these Silicon Valley leaders to share. You guys are doing great podcasts here. So I think leverage leverage the knowledge, uh, le- leverage the place you're at, leverage Canada to build your base and then fill the gaps wherever you need it. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I really appreciate that. One thing I wanted to, I guess, switch gears on and really get your thoughts and even Hamza's as we all, you know, break out and get into different worlds and networks and, and see things. Lloyd, I'd love to hear about some innovations that you've seen or heard from over the last seven, eight months, right? Since COVID hit, like you said, you had to switch or you're developing these two webinars a week now, which was a pivot, which is innovation. So what have you seen now? What innovations have you come across that like you're super excited about now? And, and it could really change things over the next couple of years. You know, um, and I'd also love to get Hamza's thoughts on it because he's at the forefront of uh, of technology at uh, MLSE and and whatnot, uh, Raptors. Uh, and you you guys, I think in entertainment and sports, do things much faster than anyone else, any other traditional industries. Sometimes I find, but um, what I found is that a lot of these, you know, the world could have gone dead completely, right? Like when everything gets locked down. But business for the most, especially in tech, has continued and others have adapted. I would say like the whole concept of Zoom virtual events, I never even thought I'd be doing um, virtual events so often, right? We were doing one traction conference a year and then maybe webinars here and there, but mostly focused around in-person events like dinners and conferences. And we immediately switched to virtual and people are engaged. We got 60,000 subscribers. They're engaged. They're, they're showing up twice a week. And we had to adapt. And there's all these tools and plugins into Zoom to make it engaging. One thing I learned, though, I, uh, I spoke to the founder of AnyRoad last week. They're an experiential marketing platform. And he said, you know, people get tired of the same thing, right? Like you've done a whole day of Zoom meetings. You don't want to go to a happy hour at 5 o'clock, right? You, you just fatigued because it's not the same thing. It's not a happy hour. It's like try to incorporate different senses. So like in addition 
to uh, to the sight and hearing, which is what we're we're doing here, incorporate like a sense of uh, smell, a ten- sense of touch, like sensory different sensory touches, um, and that will elevate your event experience. Right, that'll help you build emotional connection with people because ultimately, uh, you know what they say is to build a big brand you need to be a much bigger part of your customers' lives than just the functional benefits your software offers or your company offers, right? But like this virtual fatigue is real and incorporating those sensory touches like taste, touch, smell, in addition to hearing and sight um, is a great way to keep people engaged and build emotional connections with them. So that was one thing uh, that I hadn't thought about. And so doing things like, you know, virtual workouts or like work, virtual cooking sessions. So that's great. I think on the detection of viruses, a lot of folks have adapted in, in that, you know, temperature scans and like testing kits. Uh, even when you look at disinfecting places through like bots, you know, really great. And, and something that I hadn't expected at all, but the adoption of, uh, you know, on-demand delivery and ride-sharing has gone through the roof. I don't think I've stepped into a grocery store since the start of COVID. Like, we're just Instacarting everything, <laughs> right? I love it. Uh, and on the wackier side, I've sort of seen, like, people build, like, uh, caps out of pool noodles so they can, like, socially distance when they're out talking. <laughs> oh what about you, man? What's, uh, what are, what, I guess, you know, the best way to ask this question is – what innovation are you using or consuming a lot right now? Yeah, I, I look, I love the, the some of the things that you just talked about because I think um, thinking about what we can do that's different um, is, is 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 sort of right on the table for everybody, every every person, um, probably both professionally and personally, because you know, we now have to go about life very differently. So I'll answer this in a different way than. Um, you know, echoing a lot of the sentiments that you shared, probably in a very different way than I would have six months ago. And maybe I'll take you to my answer from six months ago. I think six months ago, I would have said, um, I think where the application of AI and intelligence and, um, and and compute power and all of those things put together with being able to leverage those um, those new levels of information to be able to drive businesses or, or, or other uh, strategic elements that different companies are working on, you know, as a game changer. And I think with the advent of mobile and all of our devices now and 5G and, you know, there's just a lot that can be done to, to move faster. Um, my answer now is much more rudimentary. My answer now is the entire world has gone through a giant reboot and is actually go- still going through a reboot. Um, the normal that we once knew it has changed. And to the degree it's changed, who knows? Um, I hope it doesn't change as much as I actually think it's going to change a lot, but uh, regardless of what level you think uh, the experience of just living in the world is going to change once COVID subsides to a degree, what we do know is is industries have changed. Everything from from uh, you know companies and banks and basic things you might do on a day to day basis. You mentioned grocery shopping. My wife and I are in the same position. We've um, you know we, we use uh, an app called Corner Shop and and we haven't been to a grocery store in months and months and we're and it's great. Um, but when I think about, you know, sports, entertainment, um, you know, cities, how people will interact, everything is up for grabs right now in terms of coming up with new experiences on, on how the world is going to work. And I, what I'm really excited about is to see all of the incredible innovation that's happening both in Canada and the U.S. and many other parts of the world. But 
by just focusing here in Canada for a second, I think we have an opportunity, whether it's you know rapid testing, whether it's uh, getting people into buildings safely, whether it's enjoying uh, community, whatever it is that you pick, there's an opportunity to think about how to do that better. And one of the things you mentioned about the physical experience, um, as well as the digital experience, I've always thought that that's a very important part of digital. It's how you digitally um, experience something and then how you maybe augment that and make that better with the physical experience. And when you bring those two things together, you know, things are usually amazing when, when, when companies and people and entrepreneurs get it right. I do think there's a whole giant set of opportunities that now have come to, come to fruition uh, that are available and ready for the taking, and somebody needs to go solve them. My comment to most of you know the innovation community as Canada is is why not us? Why not all of us who are who are working these things? So that's what truly excites me. It's uh, it's scary and exciting at the same same time to know that life has changed, um, but it's exciting to think that we have so many different ideas and technologies and entrepreneurs who are going to create things to keep everybody safe and and hopefully get back to some sense of normalcy. So much more basic answer than I think six months ago. Mine's much more of a human process and experiential answer at this point. Definitely. And I want to get back to the previous question that uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. There's a lot of opportunity for innovation. And I, I'm a big believer that pain and suffering and stress is the precondition for growth. If you look at some of the fastest growing companies right now, they came out of the last recession, right? 2008, nine, like Airbnb and Uber being the notable ones. What do you see are the biggest blockers to driving commercialization of innovation in Canada? What are, what are from your mindset, what are the biggest blockers? I think there's I think there's a couple of things. One is I think for sure funding, and I, and I think when I look at what you know what where we were ten years ago in Canada from a you know whether it's corporate funding, venture funding, you know it's leaps and bounds different now um, in 2020. Uh, there's there is money here. There is money available here for you know entrepreneurs. Uh, the other thing that's been great is um, a lot of the work um, the government has put in in the last couple of years as well uh, through the leadership of Minister Baines and you know whether it's the investment funding for um, entrepreneurs, um, minority entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs. Uh, just most recently that was just announced. You know, there's a lot of um, stress that's been put into making our innovation economy better, faster, more competitive globally and, you know, arming entrepreneurs who have great ideas to be able to do things with them. And I think it's, it's been a bit of a slow burn, but we, we're starting to have all of the ingredients to go faster. And then I think the second part is just doing it. I think the, U, the culture in the U.S. run innovation is, is just you, you, you take it. You mentioned it earlier as well. There's a product market fit. It's great. It's going to work. Let's go. And I think we lack some of that in Canada where we say there's product market fit, there's, there's, there's a space for it, let's take another look. And I think we need to stop doing that. And, and again, I think if I look at where organizations and in, in talking to a lot of our, our members across the country, CIO Association, you know, I, I hear less and less of that now, which is, which is uh, inspiring to see that organizations are moving faster. But I also think in competitive, in competitive landscapes, when you know, your, your customers and your competitors um, start to impact, you know, your growth because you're not innovating or, or, or you need to go faster because you're seeing these external threats. It, it sort of forces people to get there. But I do think it's a combination of risk taking and, um, and access to capital. Uh, and I think we're getting a lot better in Canada. I just think we need to move, continue to move at pace. 
Yeah, and, and I'll just and I'm just going to add, and being being dealt, you know, deep within the ecosystem as well. It's also getting the awareness out to everyone, right? I think the ecosystem is getting stronger, the startup ecosystem, the innovation ecosystem, but we don't celebrate our tech community until they become a Shopify, right? We we're still quote unquote Canadian like that. That we're we're not, you know. It's changing. I've seen the change over the last 10, 15 years, but it's still like a lot of people, the regular public, don't know who are the who's a Canadian company or not and may be surprised that some of the unicorns are Canadians, right? So it's also getting that, like, and it could be a marketing thing, right, Lloyd? Like really like celebrating our tech it community. Is. It is definitely. And I think like um, it's also the founders sometimes, you know, us entrepreneurs and generally professionals, they all also go through this uh, syndrome where they feel like, hey, am I worth it? I'm not worthy. Yeah, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy, right? Yeah, you 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 sort of go through that uh, that that thought process, right? I think everyone should celebrate everything, and uh, I, I think more than celebration, it's the support, right? Because yeah, maybe you don't want to celebrate, and you just want to be heads down. But it's the it's the support, and the support not just from technology, but it's from funding, it's from go to market, and I I firmly believe that. Uh, maybe the government should fund more early stage incubators to take you to product market fit. Like how do you go from an idea to product market fit as quickly as possible or like just kill the idea, right? And then and then take it to the next phase. For the next phase, there's lots of, uh, lots of capital. Everything that Hamza says uh, completely resonates here. I yeah. think also, you know, the, the reason why uh, Edwin and I in the CI Association created this podcast was to highlight... Um, you know, not just, but for the most part, especially in our first season, is uh, Canadian success stories of entrepreneurship. And whether that's, you know, people like yourself, um, Lloyd, who I think all of Canada should know about you because I think you'd inspire people and you'd inspire, you know, the next uh, boy or girl out there who maybe has an idea who, um, who also sees uh, things like diversity, which are, which are clearly important. Um, so I think we, we have to tell those stories of, um, of our, of our, entrepreneurs and companies and and success stories that, you know, that was a, a big factor. Uh, I'll ask Edwin to comment on this as well, but it's a great point because we need to tell more of these stories. It doesn't mean we're beating our chest and we're not being Canadian. It just means we're sharing the experience, right? In the most Canadian way possible. We're also telling our stories because they will inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that that's my point, right? I mean, I've been in part of national wide, ecosystems like startup canada and it's it's the canadian in us the humble the humility in us that we are heads down we don't feel worthy and this is personal too with me as an entrepreneur as well it took me it, it was challenging for me to say yeah why not why can't i 100x my business or do something like that right um because you know we look to people in our south and maybe that's too um, for a lack of better word, overconfidence or cocky, right? That's not too Canadian of me to say something like that. But we should be proud of our ingenuity. I mean, I come from the telecommunications industry, like Nortel Networks, where we built the underground of this whole internet that we're <laughs> we're running this live chats on and video on demand and all this type of stuff. So it's it's interesting because the world doesn't know that it was actually Canadian intellectual property, right? So this is where I get passionate about. You got to talk about and give credit where it's due. And that's what like the whole support ec ecosystem from, from uh, giving you the, giving you the support on the engineering side, on the go to market side, on the funding side and getting the word out, the more we do that, 
the better we get. And, you know, Silicon Valley does a great job at it and every other country that uh, should definitely, if they're looking to boost the ecosystem, it, it's, it's, like, it's like a village, right? But when you look at companies, and we were talking about like startup innovation, taking an idea, um, innovation doesn't just happen at, uh, in entrepreneurship or startups, right? It's happening in companies too. And what I often find is that people have innovative ideas within companies, but they get shut down a lot. Right, they get they never see the light of day, or they're not um, given the time of day by, you know, I guess due to bureaucracy, and they just suffer there. And whenever that happens, those people then, in, in, at least in Silicon Valley, a lot of those founders then just leave and go and start their own companies along those ideas. Um, not as much support like that in in uh, in in Canada from a early stage funding perspective. But but really, I think as humans, we can all stop saying no and say yes and right like yes and let's let's try this for a change i think um i didn't touch on this but i think saying yes is the first step to accepting uh the possibility of turning an innovation or turning an idea into an innovation i love that yes and i love yes and that's a that's a great a great comment a great thought and and something to leave us all right because us tech leaders sometimes we have we're stuck in our own silo and we think we know everything or we understand what's possible or not possible and like you said lloyd we 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 shut it down but i mean i'm having an amazing conversation with you two um very diverse talking about a lot of the challenges being canadian so um before we end lloyd i'd love i'd love it if you could get you know just give us some final thoughts um, that you'd love to share to the tech leaders that are leading Canada, right? Um, and whether it's an observation, a call to action, and and what what we should be thinking about moving into the next the next year. Definitely, I'm going to talk about more of the people side of things. We're going through a very tough time right now, and empathy is the need of the hour. So just have empathy for the people that surround you, whether at work, whether um, at home, like, you know, if somebody comes with an idea, don't shut it down, have the empathy, because your empathy could spark uh, change or spark growth in the person that you're communicating with, because they may be down because of something else, you don't know what their personal life is. I mean, COVID's turned the world upside down. And and having empathy is the biggest need of the hour. I have, I have, I have, uh, uh, people telling me all the time that ah, me making fun of sales reps, calling them, cold calling them, or being rude to people. I'm like, you know what? People are going through a tough time. You know, if it won't hurt you if you spend an extra five minutes on the phone, it won't hurt you if you listen to that idea. Have empathy and uh, don't shut people down so easily because we all grow together. And and I think if we understand the emotion and the people aspect, innovation, you can you can cross any barrier together. Lloyd, it's amazing. Um, We do appreciate your time, you know, out of your busy day to join with us, share your thoughts, have this conversation. Can you tell us where we can find more information about you, Boost AI, Traction, anything? Let us know, and we'll definitely put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, definitely. Go to boast, B-O-A-S-T dot A-I. And if you want to see upcoming events with all these webinars we're doing, you know, forward slash events, or you can go to our blog for uh, recaps of past events, tractioncoff.io and look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, There's a funny E in my name, double L-O-Y-E-D, Lobo. I'm very responsive. 
and uh, I, I respond to everyone who messages me. Lloyd, hey, Lloyd thank you. Thanks for your time today. It's a great conversation. Lloyd, well, ho- hopefully we'll have you back. It was a great chat and would love to do this uh, on an attraction webinar coming up in the next few months. We'll awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's it, folks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Innovation Drivers Podcast with Lloyd Lobo. It was a great conversation. I found uh, lots of lots of uh, really great um, insight on technology, but also insight on uh, on just human factors that that make entrepreneurs successful. Yeah, I mean, one thing that really ironed home was like his last point, you know, on empathy. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was going through my mind, Hamza, was like sometimes as leaders you know we have so much so many milestones so many goals to do but we may forget that some people may be battling something at home or understanding that you know given the where we are at this point of right. a global pandemic is that we got to really think about the human side like you said and and just when he said empathy that like sent down shivers down my back yeah yeah <laughs> me, me too and i think you know it's it's really important and in, in innovations, whether innovation, whether it's in a startup or in an organization, we have to always remember that innovation is driven through people, and you have to treat uh, people with, with with respect and care. And as, you know, if you if you mix that with skill um, and excellence, then and that's where you know the innovation happens, and it's through people. So I love hearing um, organizational leaders uh, talk about empathy and talk about taking care of employees and, and, and people that are there that are really making the innovation happen. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time. And, and I'll tell you, it's a, it's a massive part of making sure that, you know, dreams come to reality and whether it's invention or, or iteration for, you know, doing something uh, better. 100%. So for more information about Lloyd Lobo, Boast.ai, the Traction Conference, please, please check out the show notes. And for more information on the CIO Association, you can visit our website at ciocan.ca. So please subscribe, rate, and comment on your favorite podcast player. Hamza, it is always a pleasure. I look forward to another conversation. Thank you for listening, everyone. And as usual, we want you to take this information, be inspired, and go get your day.